The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. What's up, guys? Happy worst kept secret day, you know, because, uh, yeah, there's there's nothing like the NFL schedule release day when by the time we get to prime time, 7, 8 o'clock at night, uh, you probably know a good portion, you know, sometimes as high as 80% of the schedule because of leaks and stuff that happen uh, throughout the day. I think my, my personal record for like Twitter and, you know, Facebook leaks and things like that was one year when the Bears were still on a 16-game schedule. I knew 12 of the games before the schedule was officially released. And, and those were all confirmed. Like when the schedule actually came out, every one of those leaks was correct. So, yeah, I, I don't know why the NFL uh, does it the way that they do. Because for years, like I, I remember uh, back in the day, it wasn't that long ago either, that uh, I'd be able to get the NFL schedule on NFL schedule release day on my lunch break, you know, like I could go and find it at like noon or 11 Eastern or whatever the hell it would come out. And I would still watch the schedule release show when I got home at night and, and, and from work uh, and everything. But uh, no, the NFL wants to hold it hostage, even though, like I said, it's the worst kept secret uh, in the history of sports, because like I said, by the time the actual schedule is quote unquote officially released, you already pretty much know everything. Anyway, so happy worst kept secret in the world day, guys. Uh, we, we've known the who and the where since the end of the 2022 season. Now we know the win. And uh, yeah, it's an interesting slate that the Bears have. And uh, there is one scheduling snafu where the NFL really screwed me, man. And they let me have it. We'll talk about that and more. This is the 2023 NFL schedule release show of, of the Bears Talk Underground. So let's get to it. Hang up the telephone. I hear the dial tone. Ringing out loud. Like I said, we've known since the end of the 2022 season the who and the where. We've known who they were playing and whether it was a road game or an away game. Maybe a twist here and there because there was a rumor for a long time that the Bears were going to play a game in Germany uh, this year, but the uh, the Chiefs saw to it that that was not uh, going to uh, happen. I guess they just uh, didn't want to miss out on that uh, Bear fan visiting money, uh, and it turns out the Chiefs will be playing the Dolphins over in Frankfurt instead of the Bears, and the Bears will head to Arrowhead as requested by the world champs, but... Uh, you know, what are you going to do? It's, it's like I don't mind. Uh, the, I, I won't have to get up at, you know, 8 a.m. on a Sunday to uh, to watch the Bears and Chiefs live. I'll be able to watch it at noon on Fox like God intended. Uh, week number three, as a matter of fact. But, uh, you know, like I said, the schedule came out today. So we get to know the when to go along with the who and the where. And um, it's an interesting schedule, guys. Uh, it, it's... Um, 
I mean, looking at looking at through the lens of the 2022 season, we have the worst division in football on the schedule this year, the NFC South, where the division champion was. Did Tampa Bay win nine games? I don't think they did. Either went eight and nine, nine and eight, one of the two. They were able to to you know somebody just kind of by default won the division, and it was the Buccaneers. But we got Tampa on the schedule, Carolina uh, on the schedule, uh, New Orleans and uh, Atlanta, who we played last year. Um, but this time, this one is in Chicago. But you know, we have the AFC West uh, with the Raiders and the Broncos, who were terrible. Last year, the Chargers, who are that mega-talented team that just can't seem to get over the hump or catch a break because they were riddled with injuries uh, last year. And then you got the defending world champs and, and the Kansas City Chiefs. That's the, that's the one like definite, like, yeah, no way in hell we win this game, especially with it being an arrowhead uh, and everything uh, as well. And we have the our same-place opponents are uh, Washington and Arizona. Um, cause obviously we play the NFC North and the NFC South. So that means we get the, the last place finisher in the East and the West. And that would be, uh, the Washington commanders and the Arizona Cardinals. And then I finally heard how the pattern works as far as like who that same place AFC opponent is. And it's the AFC division you played two years ago, the same place opponent for that division that you played two years prior. Well, in 2021, we played the AFC, AFC North. And the last place finisher for the AFC North last year, the Cleveland Browns. So the Browns, the Cardinals, and the uh, Commanders, I almost said Redskins, are same place opponents, the AFC South, the NFC, excuse me, the AFC West, the NFC South, and then obviously our six uh, division games. And that's how that all rolled out. So... Let's talk about this schedule and how it all fell into place for our beloved Chicago Bears kicking it off at home. And there was actually uh, rumors going around that, um, you know, if the Bears and the Chiefs weren't going to play in Frankfurt, that the Bears might actually be a candidate to be the sacrificial lamb to the world champion on the opening game of the season on Thursday night uh, football. Turns out that was the Lions that will instead go to Arrowhead uh, to face uh, the Chiefs, which is an interesting game right off the bat, especially if the Lions can pick up where they left off uh, last year. That is, in fact, the big question uh, for them this year. Will they you know, continue to build off of the momentum that they created, winning like eight of their last ten games after a one-in-six start uh, last year? Or will the Lions just go back to lioning and, uh, you know, be, be in contention for one of the top quarterbacks when they go three and 14 uh, this year. Time will tell, but uh, you know, I, I don't like their chances going to Arrowhead week one to face the defending world champions. We're going to be raising the banner uh, that night, but we, uh, we bears and our beloved will be hosting uh, this uh, week one against the Packers. So we get to find out right away, first in line, to find out if Jordan Love is uh, is going to be anything uh, for the Packers. And it, it also is going to be premature to make any kind of final determination with that being the first real game of the Jordan Love uh, era. He's got to play that game on the road. It's going to be a lot of pressure to pick up where Favre and, and uh, Rodgers left off with this rivalry. And at the very least... 
this is all that I ask from the football gods as far as Bears-Packers going forward. Win or lose, hopefully win, I would like for Bears-Packers to become a rivalry again. You know, look at Bears-Vikings, look at Bears-Lions. Those are rivalries. Those are games where each team, I mean, I mean, especially Bears-Vikings, because obviously we remember the Devin Aroma Shadu game in 2009. We were one of the worst teams in the league. Minnesota was on a Super Bowl run. I mean, they didn't make it to the Super Bowl, but they were looked at as a definite Super Bowl contender, made it to the NFC title game. Uh, they come into Soldier Field on Monday Night Football late in the season. If they beat us, they're you know on the way to locking up home field advantage. Not only did we beat them, we had a walk-off Devin Aroma should do touchdown in overtime uh, to win that, a game we had no business winning. And then, you know, it's like we've had our good friend Chris Gates on the show to do Retro Rewind episodes for just some of the bonkers things that happens uh, with that with those games. Same thing with the... The Lions, those were generally close competitive games where, you know, it could go either way. But with the Packers, especially during the Rodgers era, it was basically the best that we could hope for as Bear fans was to make it respectable. You know, can it at least be respectable? Just look like we gave them hell before, you know, reality set in or something. And um, at, at the very least, I would like the the subtraction of Aaron Rodgers from that team to at least level the playing field enough to where it's not a foregone conclusion that Green Bay is going to wrap it up because they're playing the Bears. So, but I think this is a um, this is going to be a huge game for both teams because the Bears need to make a statement that we have the best quarterback in the division and that this division is ours going forward. Our biggest deterrent from being Kings of the North is wearing a Jets uniform now. So. We need to put our stamp on the division ASAP, and this will be a good way to do it. We do it at home. 325, so I'm counting this as a national TV game because 325 on Fox, there's like two games being played, okay? This is going to be the game that 95% of the country sees, and the other game will probably be some West Coast game that only the West Coast uh, markets will handle, you know, like Seahawks 49ers or something will be, uh, you know, actually I think the Seahawks play the Rams start off the year. I think I saw Pete Carroll talking about week one. So Seahawks Rams, that'll be your other late afternoon game. And only the only LA and Seattle will see those games. Uh, everybody else will see bears Packers. It'll be the, the, the NFL America game of the week or whatever uh, to start off the year. Then we go on the road at Tampa Bay to see the Buccaneers led by Baker Mayfield or possibly Kyle Trask. It's, it won't be Tom Brady though, or at least we don't think so. Anyway, the guy's still retired. I won't believe it until the season starts without him, but it'll be at the uh, at the Buccaneers. That's going to be an interesting football game. No Tom Brady and uh, and everything. It'll be interesting to to come across those guys and, and good that we're playing them early before they get it figured out. Uh, then week three at Kansas City, taking on the Chiefs in Arrowhead, a noon game on Fox. Um. Yeah, Arrowhead's one of the more, you know, unfriendly places to uh, play in the entire uh, league. So, yeah, uh, that's like the one on the – it was like I'm for sure just etching an L in on that. I mean, it would be awesome if we – we won the last time we went to Arrowhead, but that was in 2015, two completely different football teams back then. So we'll, uh, we'll see what our chances look like uh, this year. 
Uh, rounding out the first quarter, we're back at home against the Broncos. Uh, noon at CBS, uh, Sean Payton coming back home uh, to Chicago, this time as head coach of the Denver Broncos, hoping, hopefully, hoping to right the ship that was just so horribly wronged by uh, Nathaniel Hackett and his incompetence. Uh, you know, with that, Bron- was like he was just super overmatched uh, as a head coach out there. The guy just did nothing right. Uh, couldn't do anything right out there. But week number five, the first of two Thursday night football matchups. And this isn't like those years where, you know, like it happened to the Bears. It, it actually happens every year. It's like somebody from those Thanksgiving games We'll play on Thanksgiving Day, and then we'll play on Thursday Night Football the following week so they get a full week to prepare between games. But um, no, this is two straight-up Thursday night games, so the the Bears are going to be playing two games on short notice um, this year. Week 5 at Washington against the Commanders because everyone wants a rematch of that super awesome Bears-Commanders Thursday night game from Week 6 of last year, a grand total of 19 points scored uh, between these two offensive juggernauts. Carson Wentz, with a broken thumb, won the football game, passing for less than 100 yards. Um, we t- we had five trips in the red zone and got zero touchdowns. The one touchdown we scored was like a 40-yard touchdown pass uh, from Justin Fields to Dante Pettis. And... Uh, yeah, that game was a disaster, just an absolute disaster and some of the worst football I've seen in a long time. But we get to see it again week five, this time in Washington, so it won't have to be in Soldier Field. Uh, I have not heard yet. I hope it's not going to happen, but I have not heard yet what the uniform schedule is. So keeping my eye out for that to find out when we're going to be wearing those goddamn orange uniforms with the helmets now. It's just so bad. So, so bad. Anyway, week number seven, we get 10 days to get ready for the Minnesota Vikings in Chicago. Uh, Noon game on Fox and staying at home for week number, excuse me, week six is Minnesota. Week seven is the Raiders. Las Vegas coming to Chicago. So we got back-to-back home games after the mini-buy, after the Commanders. Uh, and then back-to-back road games at the L.A. Chargers, this time on Sunday Night Football at the New Orleans Saints, noon on CBS, uh, before we play our second Thursday night game. And uh, this one at home against the Carolina Panthers. So possibly, you know, Bryce Young uh, coming into uh, coming into town. And uh, I say possibly because for some reason, Frank Reich, the head coach of the Carolina Panthers, has said that, uh, I mean, stop me if you've heard this before, but even though they drafted a quarterback, number one overall, uh, Andy Dalton is their starting quarterback right now. So I doubt that will still. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. 
I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. We'll be in. Still hold going into week 10, but um, you never know with the Red Rocket. He might just hang on to that job and Bryce Young can sit back and learn his rookie year. We saw how well that went two years ago. Matt Nagy tried to pull that shit off, but I digress. Then week number 11, we're back on the road. So four out of five on the road. Um, it's like the Chargers on Sunday Night Football at the Saints, home for the Panthers on Thursday. At Detroit, our first matchup with the Lions, week number 11, noon on Fox. And then at Minnesota, Monday Night Football, ESPN, and... uh then we have the bye week 13, but let's take a step back for a second. This, uh, this week 12 matchup is, uh, it's really pissing me off. It's a Monday night football game and it's, it's our one Monday night football appearance of the year. Now I know that, uh, the way that the NFL schedule is this year is that the flexing, which starts week number five, I believe, isn't just flexing games to Sunday night or moving early games to the afternoon or whatever, but from my understanding, there is now a chance that you can be flexed into Monday night football. 
But right here, as it stands, the one and only Monday night game the Bears have on the schedule this year is November 27th at Minnesota, which means two things. Number one, uh, for only about the second time in the last decade, the Bears don't finish the season with the Vikings. And number two, our one goddamn Monday night game of the year is the one Monday that I will be going to the Rosemont Horizon in the suburbs of Chicago to see my favorite band of all time, Kiss, play their final Chicago show. Which means what, kitties? Not going to be watching the Vikings game that night. It's just not going to happen. I can see the Bears play for the rest of my life, but uh, Kiss is hanging it up literally like five days after this concert because it's... They have Chicago, and then I, they have another show on the East Coast. I think it's Baltimore. And then the last two shows, December 1st and 2nd at Madison Square Garden to hang it up forever. So, uh, yeah, I'm not missing the game. Or I'm not, excuse me, I'm not missing the show for this game. And I'm pissed out of, you know, due to the sheer coincidence of the fact that the one Monday night game the Bears are scheduled for is the one that I won't be able to see. So, yeah, screw you, NFL. How dare you? How dare you? Because here's the real big twist. I was recording um, a guest on Locked on Bears, uh, by the way. If you guys want to see that, um, you can catch it on, you know, on iTunes or anywhere you get your podcast. But also, it was a video podcast on YouTube. Just check the Locked on Bears YouTube channel. And... um. When Lauren and I got done recording uh, for his show, he's like, oh, I forgot to tell you. It's like uh, a buddy of mine and I got tickets to see Kiss at Rosemont. It's like, you're kidding. It's like, I'm going to be there. It's like, awesome. That's great. And it's like, blah, 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 talking about where our seats were and all that kind of stuff. We end up, we get off the line and uh, I'm like, man, it's like, I know Lauren wins, lives in Wisconsin, but I don't know where in Wisconsin. So I'm kind of wondering to myself, would he possibly like come into town and maybe stay in the area before the shows. Like maybe he'll want to get together for the Bears game. I wonder who the Bears are playing that weekend. And it just so happens. The Kisses in Chicago on November 27th. The Bears are playing the Vikings on November 27th. God damn it. So, yeah. Even if Lauren was coming into town <laughs> on Sunday, couldn't watch the game with him because there is no game to watch. Damn you, NFL. So sometimes I just wonder if there actually is a God because stuff like this and awesome God wouldn't allow this. Sorry, mom. I don't mean that. My mother would kill me anyway. So uh, off my soapbox now, uh, that's week 12. That's uh, we've got 12 weeks and then we get a buy this year. So we get another late buy, but a week earlier than last year, we had to wait till week 14 for the buy last season. And here's the thing, guys, you know, we know that Green Bay is not going to be, you know, or at least that's what we expect anyway, that they're not going to be the team that they've been with Rodgers. Now, granted, they only won eight football games last year, so that was even starting to happen before he left. But, you know, Green Bay is a team in transition. Tampa Bay is a team in transition. Obviously, the Chiefs are still the the cream of the crop there. We don't know what we're going to get. Uh, out of Denver based on 2022. It should be an easy game for us. We don't know what we're going to get from Washington. They're going to have a brand new quarterback. 
uh, at the helm? Will they, you know, give us the game that they gave us last year and come out on top, or will we just blow right through town uh, with them? Uh, the Vikings are a team in transition. They were pretty much, you know, like gutted, especially on on defense. Uh, they didn't have any cap money to 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 work with. They are not the same team that they were uh, last year. Adam Thielen is gone. You know, granted, they drafted Jordan Addison to kind of take his place uh, and everything, but uh, they didn't do much, if anything, that I recall, to improve the defense. I mean, I think they only even had like five draft picks uh, this year. So it was kind of like last year for the Bears. Minimal cap space, not many picks to uh, work with, you know, so not a lot to play with uh, for the for the GM uh, out there. And Kevin O'Connell going into year two, um, going to have an uphill climb. You know, is this going to be a transition year where the Vikings take their lumps for a year before they try to, you know, make their move in 2024? We'll have to wait and see. But this is not a team that's going to go 13-4, and 12-5 and five like they did last year. I was like, I just don't see it. Then you have the Raiders. They have a new quarterback in, in, in Jimmy Garoppolo. Will he still be healthy when the Bears are playing them week seven? Uh, this year, will he gel with Devontae Adams and, and all the weapons that they have uh, over there? Will McDaniels and company be able to figure out? Because they were easily one of the more disappointing teams along with the Broncos last year. High expectations for that entire division. And the Raiders and, and the Broncos just couldn't get out of their own way last year. The Chargers were riddled with injuries, just destroyed from like the beginning of the season uh, on through. Joey Bosa missed a bunch of time. Khalil Mack was in and out of uh, the lineup, Mike Williams was hurt. It was just in and out. Keenan Allen, the whole nine, everybody up and down uh, last year. I mean, even Herbert was playing hurt there for uh, for a while uh, as well. Will this be the year that they, you know, figure it out? The Saints, again, NFC South, one of the worst divisions in football last year. They went 7-10. and 10. Um, You know, Derek Carr's coming in, so they've got an upgrade at the quarterback position, some stability at the position because Derek Carr is a, uh, a relatively healthy guy as far as like his track record uh, is concerned with Chris Olave and company. Will they be able to, you know, get something going uh, offensively out there uh, this year? Um, the, the Carolina Panthers, uh, you know, I'd, I'd actually would like to see the Panthers earlier in the season, but we're seeing them, you know, week 10. Will they have figured it out? By then, will they be hitting some kind of mid to late season stride by the time we see them uh, on Thursday night football? But granted, they were still in a weak division uh, last year and, and didn't win it. Um, I think nine would have won you the division last year. I think they only won seven uh, as well. We got the Lions. We already had our discussion about the Lions. And then the Vikings. That's the first 12 games before the, before the bye. And then... After the bye week, if you guys remember the 2022 schedule, you know, Philadelphia, Buffalo, a resurging Detroit, you know, Minnesota was, you know, on a streak uh, at the moment. Those last four games of the season were unforgivable. You know, we had a six-game losing streak going into the bye, and we lost those last four games to finish it off with a clean 10 losses uh, to finish out uh, the year, but it's like, look at the last five games of this schedule. After the bye week, we come back, we got Detroit, but it's at home. We got the the Browns, home for the Cardinals, home for the Falcons. Now that's two late December games against dome teams in Chicago. 
You know, it's like, I know that eventually weather's not going to be a factor in Chicago, but right here, right now it is. You got the team from the desert and a team from the dirty South that plays in the dome coming to frigid soldier field in late December. That could definitely help out with us. And then we finish the year at green Bay and we've already talked about where they may or may not be uh, this year. Call me crazy, but even if we're six and six going into the bye, if we win, if you know we go three and two, four and one in those last five games, we're talking nine or ten wins, guys. Nine or ten wins might actually get us into the you know get us through the back door on on a playoff run. Now, would we have much of a chance of actually winning? Probably not, but it would definitely show progress from last year to this year if we. You know, we're either right there at the cusp of a playoff berth or actually snuck in and, you know, gave the number two seed hell in the first round of the wild cards to, uh, you know, to kind of cap off the year, you know, and it's not all that impossible. We've improved dramatically. We might not have the household names, but we're a lot better in our front seven that we were last year. You know, we added Tyreek Stevenson to the secondary in the, draft to go along with Gordon and Brisker and Jalen Johnson. Eddie Jackson's coming back off his foot injury. On the offensive side, we added Robert Tunyon to compliment Cole Komet. Obviously, DJ Moore was just a genius move by Ryan Poles to add him to go along with Chase Claypool, who's had an entire offseason to learn the offense and get ready uh, for this year. He's not just kind of learning by the seat of his pants like he was when he came in midseason Last year, you know, I'm hearing that that Mooney's not ready now, but he will most likely be ready for training camp. At the worst, he'll be ready for week one uh, with his uh, foot injury, you know. And then the the real question is, did Justin Field make the necessary steps to improve his passing to go along with his dynamic feet that made him one of the more exciting players to watch last year? You know, a lot of questions to be answered, but on paper, it looks better. It's dramatically better than it was last year. Not to mention, I didn't even talk about the offensive line. Darnell Wright, our top pick. Nate Davis coming in at right guard. We've got anything better than, anything would be better than Sam Mustafer. And we could be putting a Pro Bowl center back at his old spot with Cody Whitehair competing with Lucas Patrick for that spot. Tevin Jenkins goes to left guard. That was confirmed with our mini camps uh, last week. And Braxton Jones continues to grow at left tackle and the guys that we have behind them, uh, you know, Larry Borum, Alex Leatherwood, give us quality depth to come up behind them so it's not as steep a drop-off as when Larry Borum went down and we got to pull some dude off the street uh, to be our right tackle or an aging Riley Reef or, you know, that kind of thing. So everything is better than it was last year. So, you know, especially at linebacker. After Roquan left... You know, God bless Jack Sanborn and everything he did, but he had no help, nothing, (laughs) no help. And we are better across the board, you know. Uh, Tremaine Edmonds, TJ Edwards, and Jack Sanborn, if if those are our three, then we're in really great shape at linebacker. Um, We got those two kids at, you know, Pickens and um, uh, Dexter, Grover Dexton, Grover Dexton, Dexter, damn it, uh, in the second uh, round uh, to, to help to help Justin Jones uh, in the middle there. And I still contend that Ryan Poles is going to bring somebody, Yannick Ngakwe, Frank Clark, what have you, to, uh, you know, either like right before training camp or sometime between now and then, 
uh, to add uh, to our pass rush and sign him on a you know veteran friendly uh, one year deal to help us out and uh, you know maybe we'll address that edge rush position uh, next year or maybe this will be the year that Dominique Robinson you know rises to his potential so we'll have to wait and see and then um, Travis Gibson is there as well played like a monster when uh, Khalil Mack was on the other side now that he's got to step up see if he can actually pull it off so. But again, guys, secondaries in a good spot. We got like our back seven is amazing. Our front four is better than it was last year. Same thing on the offensive side. We're definitely a lot more solid up front. You know, we lost David Montgomery, but we added Rashawn Johnson. We have the De, uh, Deontay Freeman to go along with Khalil Herbert. We're in a great spot there. And then de- adding DJ Moore to Darnell Mooney, Chase Claypool, uh, Valus Jones. It looks good. It looks good. So it's not out of the realm of possibility that if it comes together and we can stay healthy this year, you know, uh, you guys here, Lauren, and I talk about this on Locked on Bears. I see the floor being at least six wins this year, at least six wins. That's the floor. Like if we do any worse than six and 11, I'll be shocked. But six and 11 and the ceiling, just thinking in total Drinking the Kool-Aid, 100% hometown homer bias, 10-11. That's the ceiling. That's the ceiling. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome to Fail Better, David Duchovny's new podcast with Lemonada Media. On Fail Better, David, who has experienced both low- and high-profile failures throughout his life, explores the vast world of failure, how it holds us back, propels us forward, and ultimately shapes our lives. Each week, he'll chat with guests like Ben Stiller, Bette Midler, and more about how our perceived failures have actually been our biggest catalysts for growth, revelation, and even healing. Through these conversations, he hopes listeners can learn how to embrace the opportunity of failure and fail better together. Fail Better is out now wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. I normally find bras to be so uncomfortable and constricting, but Skims has changed that. You know I love Skims underwear, so I finally tried their bras, and Skims has delivered again. Skims bras are worth the hype for the amazing shape and support they give. But what I wasn't expecting was how comfortable they are, too. I've tried so many bras in the past, and the main issue that I have is that they weren't supportive enough, to the point where they felt slouchy. 
I love my Skims wireless form bra because it's so comfortable and supportive. The older I get, the more I care about actually being comfortable in what I wear every day. And with my wireless form bra, I no longer have to sacrifice my comfort for the support I need. Shop Skims bras at skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A to 46H. Plus, get free shipping on all orders over $75. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select podcast in the survey and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. I think 10, 11 wins is the ceiling for us. So, which means the reality is probably closer to eight to nine wins. And even at eight to nine wins, we'd either be right there or we'd be in the playoffs with nine wins. That's not out of the realm of possibility. And that is a good step forward from where we were last year to where we are, where we want to be this year or going forward to where 2024 can be the real year that we make our move. So, so that's the schedule and uh, how it breaks down. A couple of things that I picked up. We got the four primetime games uh, this year, uh, one each on Sunday night and Monday night, and we've already talked about that goddamn Monday night game. Sons of bitches, NFL. Monday night game had to be that. Had to be that Monday, right? The one Monday we get it had to be. I'm sorry. Anyway, Sunday night and Monday night, week eight with the Chargers, week 12 at the Vikings. Uh, both of those are road games, by the way. Uh, and then our two Thursday night games. The NFL said it was going to be possible for some teams to have Thursday night games. And the Bears were one of those lucky teams. We got week five at Washington, week 10 at, or no, home for Carolina. It's actually the only home game on prime time is that Thursday nighter against uh, Carolina. Now, don't fret, kiddies. The uh, Green Bay game, as you know, with week 18, the NFL doesn't really release times and stuff for those games until uh, like the week of the game, you know, just kind of, you know, so that, and I think they kind of do it to, to make sure that people are going to be competing in those games as opposed to, you know, some team phoning it in uh, because they don't have to or, you know, that kind of thing. But, um, you know, the Bears Packers could be flexed to Sunday night. Uh, but if they don't, if that doesn't happen, like if that Bears-Packers game isn't meaningful uh, or anything like that, it would snap a 17-year streak of the Bears and Packers playing a primetime game. Because obviously week one is, uh, I'm still calling it a national TV game because it's 325 for two central time zone teams. That's, that's going to be the game most of the country sees. It absolutely is going to be. But it's still a day game. In Chicago, so no prime time. And week 18 is, you know, to be determined. And if it doesn't get flexed into that Sunday night spot, because there's only one prime time game uh, week 18, you know, because that last year, this past season, it was Detroit and Green Bay playing for the last playoff spot. This year, it could be the Bears and the Packers. You know, could one of them be, could they be playing for the last spot? Uh, in the NFC, could they possibly be playing for the division? I mean, who knows? Who knows? But uh, if they don't get flexed, it will snap a 17-year primetime streak for Bears-Packers. So that's interesting. Uh, the Bears have the 18th toughest schedule based on 2022 uh, winning percentages for their opponents. Um, and one thing about those Thursday games, as much as I want to belly, like I don't like Thursday night football, period, but – both of those Thursday games give the Bears 
10 days to prepare for their next opponent, which both just happened to be division opponents. After we uh, get our 10-day break after the Washington game, we come home to play the Vikings, and we get a 10-day break after the Carolina game to play the Lions. So those are very important games uh, for the Bears because they're division games, because I think the NFC North might be one of the more tighter divisions this year. Um, you know, and we saw how well that uh, Eberflus got those guys ready to play. I mean, our, our mini buy after the Washington game, we were a completely new football team. We came out and ran the Patriots out of Foxborough. You know, 33 points on the board without a defensive or special teams touchdown. We scored 33 points on offense in that game. The defense only allowed 14 points, uh, you know, to the Patriots. Uh, and that one, it was our last win of the season. We were 3-4 and four after that. Didn't win for the rest of the year. We competed our asses off, but we didn't win. And uh, our, our actually our bye week after the Packer game coming into week four to, uh, week 15 against the Eagles last year, Boy, man, we gave the Eagles hell for about three, three and a half quarters before reality set in uh, at the end and the Eagles pulled away from us. But Eberflus does what Matt Nagy absolutely failed to do in his four years. I mean, even in, even in his first year in 2018 when we went 12-4, and four, we lost after the bye week. We lost after the mini bye. We were just, he just, <laughs> you wouldn't think the Bears had any time off with the way that we came looking after buys under Matt Nagy. But one year under Eberflus, we got a win, and we took the best team in the NFC to the absolute limit before they pulled away from us uh, at the end. So Eberflus gets his guys ready. You know, if one year is any indication as to what we can expect, Eberflus is going to have those guys ready, and he's going to take advantage of those mini-buys, especially heading into divisional games. Let's see, any other... Notes here. This will be the first time we finished the Vikings games before December since 2002. The last game against Minnesota is, of course, that goddamn Monday night game. Sons of bitches. November 27th. So that's obviously before December. We don't finish against the Vikings for like only maybe like the second time in a decade. And that's not a joke. Go back and look. And um, let's see. It's like primetime games, first time. Yeah. We play all of the, we play the AFC West, AF, man, it is getting late. AFC West in uh, two back-to-back sets. We play Kansas City, Denver, week three, week four. And then we play the Char- or the, uh, the Raiders and the Chargers week six, week, s- no, week seven, week eight. So we're done with the AFC West by week eight. And so from week nine beyond, it's all conference games, all NFC games. So those games count big time and uh let's see snap the streak 18 toughest schedule and then both thursday games yeah so that's all i got but uh there you go and then real quick just looking just some notes that i took for the nfl schedule as i mentioned before the kickoff game uh is detroit at kansas city so the lions get to answer that question real quick are they going to pick up where they left off with that big win over Green Bay in Lambeau to keep them out of the playoffs, even though they were eliminated, which kind of showed a lot of heart on their part? They get the world champs at home on Thursday night when they're raising the banner. Can they show up and shock the world, or will the Lions get lioned in that one? Uh, week one has Bryce Young possibly debuting against the Falcons. 
Uh, Houston at Baltimore week one, so that could be the debut of C.J. Stroud. Jacksonville at Indianapolis, the likely debut of Anthony Richardson, who was drafted fourth overall. And like I said, Bears-Packers week one. That's the first Justin Fields-Jordan Love uh, matchup. And then the first Monday night game of the year. Not the traditional doubleheader for week one, but the one game on Monday night for week one is the Bills at the Jets. So the debut of Aaron Rodgers in a Jets uniform on Monday night football. Uh, week two, you got a playoff matchup with the Chiefs and the Jaguars. It's a rematch there. Uh, the first Cincinnati-Baltimore game, week number two. Um, they played each other in the playoffs uh, last year with Cincy coming out on top. Um, it's in Cincinnati. Week three was the f- – they waited until week three to do the Monday doubleheader. You got Philly at Tampa Bay, Carolina at Cincinnati. Or, excuse me, that's the Rams, L.A. Rams. Can't read my own writing sometimes. Week number four, Detroit at Green Bay, where the Lions returned to the scene of the crime, where they, they sent uh, – A.A. Ron packing with a with an L out of a uniform. And then you got the, on Monday, uh, Sunday Night Football, you got the Chiefs at the Jets. So Mahomes versus Rodgers for that one. Fast forward to week eight. You got Houston at Carolina. Could possibly be Bryce Young versus C.J. Stroud in that one. Week nine, uh, Bills at Bengals. So returning to the, uh, the scene of the uh, DeMar Hamlin uh, tragedy. Of course, DeMar has been has had an amazing recovery, and he's actually going to be playing football again uh, this year, so hopefully good things uh, for him. But returning to Bills Bengals in Cincinnati this season. Um, fast forward week number 11, Cincinnati at Baltimore on Thursday night, so the big rematch there. Um, Super Bowl rematch, Philly at KC on Monday night football. Week number 12, that's the Thanksgiving games. You got Green Bay at Detroit, Washington at Dallas, San Francisco at Seattle. So a bunch of divisional matchups, which isn't very exciting. And then the very first Black Friday game on the NFL schedule, the Dolphins at the Jets. So even with the novelty of a of the first over Black or first ever Black Friday game, it's still another lame ass divisional matchup instead of something fun and exciting. Week number 12, I wrote this one down because of the possibilities, especially at this point in the season. Carolina at Tennessee, so we're looking at a possible Bryce Young versus Will Levis uh, matchup. And you got Buffalo at Philly, another big matchup there. Week 14, another Monday night doubleheader. Packers at Giants and Tennessee at Miami. Week 16, we got Saturday games. That's when that starts up. Cincinnati at Pittsburgh, Buffalo at the Chargers. Um, most teams play Christmas Eve this year. Christmas Eve fell on a Sunday this year. And then a Christmas Monday triple header. So our first like Monday afternoon game, you got uh, the three matchups are the Raiders and the Chiefs. And I think that's the noon game. Uh, the Giants at the Eagles. So another again with this divisional shit. And uh, Baltimore at San Francisco, that's the main event at night. At least that one, you know, using your creativity there a little bit. And then no Monday night game on week 17. Now, I wonder if the NFL might be using that as one of the definite flex spots, but there is currently not a scheduled game for Monday night. Usually they save that for the last game of the C- or the last uh, week 
of the season, that weeks 1 through 17, you get Monday night football games, and then week 18, the season ends on Sunday night football. So I, I, I wonder if that was done on purpose, if there won't be any Monday night games week 17, or if they're just leaving it open to, uh, to basically pick a Monday night game going into uh, that week. So those are the ones that kind of stood out and bother going on with the international games because the Bears aren't in any of them, so it doesn't really matter outside of that. But uh, there you go. It's, uh, it's going to be an interesting year, guys. Like I said uh, a few times, we knew the who and the where uh, since the end of the season. Now we know the when, how the dominoes will fall, and what dominoes have to be knocked over, what, clear, what, what hurdles have to be cleared for the Bears to have success in uh, 2023. So it starts with the Green Bay. It ends with Green Bay, and hopefully it goes on uh, from there. And 2023 is the year that we've been waiting for since the beginning of 2022. So anyway, guys, that will do it for the 2023 schedule released episode of the Bears Talk Underground. If I don't come back with anything between now and the end of the month, the next time you hear from me, We'll be previewing, we'll be starting our opponent preview series, starting with our same place opponents, and up first will be the Arizona Cardinals. So we got the Arizona Cardinals, the Cleveland Browns, and the Washington Commanders. Uh, That's the batting order for those first three. Then we'll do the AFC West, then the NFC South, then our NFC North finishing off, of course, with our beloved Chicago Bears. Uh, at the end of it but that begins at the end of this month I'm thinking around that Memorial Day weekend or at the very least at the very beginning of June uh, kicking that off and that will carry us through June and into July and hopefully right up to training camp in uh, what I like to call the vast wasteland of nothingness this last little portion of the offseason before we get to training camp and the beginning of the season when all is right with the world again so Keep your eyes open on the social media at BTU underscore Larry on Twitter and on the Instagram. And you can also join me on the Facebook group. Just search Bears Talk Underground. Join us and join the discussion. So keep your eyes on the social media. If not, I will see you at the end of the month when we preview the Arizona Cardinals kicking off the 2023 opponent preview series. And until then, my name is Larry D and this has been Bears Talk Underground.